Hey, everybody. Welcome to Roger and Me, a.k.a. Roger Ebert and Me, a weekly movie review podcast that's also a tribute to Siskel and Ebert, hosted by myself, Brett Arnold, and my co-host, Mark Dusick of MarkReviewsMovies.com, where he's been reviewing movies since before some of you were born. I think that's true. That's true to say. I've seen the listener numbers. I've crunched them. This is factual information. Um, We are here to cover every new theatrical release each week, every new streaming release release each week. I I made it a tongue twister this week for some reason. Uh, We aim to review every movie every week in the format that Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert pioneered. That's all we're here to do. Who were... Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, if not the original film podcasters, they 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 started a movement and they didn't even know it. Everyone, everybody can do it now, but we aim to do it as extensively as possible. And uh, this week we have anywhere from six to twelve movies. We are recording this in two parts, uh, so I don't know how many there will end up being. There's a large pool for this week. I will say that. And the uh, the week is it is Friday, February twenty third. Uh, last week, we had nothing to recommend. It was January and February last week. There was nothing to recommend. I recommended a Canadian horror movie called Pontypool from the year 2008 because there was nothing else to talk about. Um, this week, even in this first batch that we're going to, you know, it shouldn't matter to you, the batches, because we're putting them all together. But even in this first batch, there's great stuff. So this week is already looking better. Mark, what's going on? Uh, not much right now. I'm home. And I'm going to apologize in advance for any audio issues that might occur later on when I'm not home. But yeah, I got this nice fancy new mic, and like a couple of weeks after I get it, I'm I'm going to be recording on like an earbud microphone at some point for some. <laughs> it's okay. Mark it's okay. deserves Mark deserves a vacation. He's two to three weeks ahead on movies. He's watched 45 in the past two weeks. I'm going to guess <laughs> it's guess about that. It feels it it seems to be about that. I cannot keep up. But uh, I'm aiming to keep up this week as much as possible. Let's start with: Is this the biggest? Is this going to be the biggest release of the week? Even all encompassing the rest of them, uh, the new Cohen brother movie, Singular. Uh, it is Ethan Cohen's Drive Away Dolls. He wrote it with someone named Trisha Cook, and his wife. His wife, and it is not has nothing like Joel Cohen. Nowhere to be found. It is not a Cohen Brothers picture. It's a Cohen Brother picture. Uh, Joel Cohen did the Macbeth movie over at Apple with Denzel Washington. And now we have this much different energy uh, with Ethan's debut or solo. It's his solo debut, is it not? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. Joel their- was credited alone on a bunch of their early stuff because I think there were like DGA rules that you couldn't have two directors credited. And so Joel was on those early ones, even though they both directed it. But yeah, this is the first time Ethan's been on his own. It's interesting because yeah, even back like back then, it was it seemed like Ethan was the writer and Joel was the director. But it does not seem like that is how their relationship worked. But what I find most fascinating about Drive Away Dolls is you can't help but project onto their past filmography and go, oh wow, I see where all these. Very specific cadence jokes came from. You can very you can see Ethan's humor on display here uh, in a big way, I think. And uh, let's just watch the trailer and then talk about it. Drive away dolls. What? Don't touch it. I saw this movie once where they come across this box. 
And they opened the box. The case. And it was like really, really bad. I just want to know what's going on. I bet it's locked. I just want to locate your friends. Who are you, jackass? It's when you want cruise like that. Those girls just drove off with something we need. We gotta call the cops. Cool your jets. Here's what we do. Sell it back. Shake them down. That is about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I'm a cop. Yeah, baby. The trailer's giving away too much. I had to cut it off. Hopefully, I'll cut it off before they give away something I definitely don't want people to see. Uh, Mark, please tell people what drive-away dolls, or I guess we may as well call it drive-away dykes, because that is the real title that they apparently couldn't get past somebody, the MPAA or the studio. Uh, You'll see what we mean when you see the movie. Uh, Mark, tell me about it. It's a lot, and it's really funny. And I think that's that's where uh, I I don't want to give away too much of the plot, even though I mean there is a there's a MacGuffin here that I don't think you could spoil. You wouldn't believe us if we told you what everybody said, is after. It is that's so what I told absurd. my wife. Yeah, when I got home, I was like, I could spoil this for you, and you would just go, "You're fucking with me." No, that's not what yeah, it's about. You're lying. You are lying. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There are so many fun surprises in this in terms of all what what is revealed as everything goes along and the characters and how those relationships pan out. It is just a very, very goofy crime movie about two women. They're their best friends um, and they go off on a road trip because one of them is so angry that um, she kind of has a bad look at a coworker. Um that I th- these little details of the character, I feel like I'm already rambling, but I don't want to give away too much. <laughs> but the two yeah. of them are so these two characters. One's played by Margaret Qualley. She's like the yeah. free spirit. She does whatever she wants. It opens with her having sex with a woman that you think is her girlfriend. It turns out not to be. Um, yeah. And then Geraldine Vis- Viswanathan is the other one. She's just buttoned up and she is very particular and very considerate and all this stuff. They're polar opposites. They end up on a road trip. And end up caught up in this crime scheme involving a briefcase, some money, and a severed head. And that's about as much as I want to say in terms of that. Um, But man, I just really love the specificity of the characters and the humor and how dark and screwball and goofy it is. Oh, yeah. You were right. You were right about how the possible distinctions between the Coens because their solo efforts are so different we had the Macbeth from joel and now you have this from ethan and you can see like kind of the dna potentially of what an ethan cohen joke is versus what a joel cohen idea for a movie would be i think with these two different things um i just i just was laughing hysterically yeah at multiple parts of this and i don't want to give away too many jokes but i i'm gonna stop right there until we get back to it I love it. Um, I agree. I think my expectations were low because maybe it didn't have as big a festival reaction as I expected or something. Or maybe I was underwhelmed by Joel's solo effort, which I definitely was. But like a Shakespeare adaptation that's just kind of doing Shakespeare earnestly isn't ever really going to be for me. Um, I don't I didn't know what to expect from this. I had avoided the trailer because I just was like, I'll, I'll see it. I'm in. And I also... I just was laughing my ass off the whole movie. It is so funny. It is so 
raunchy. Uh, it is so weird, and but it's it is also like decidedly old fashioned in its screwball road moviness, and it is just kind of delightful to behold. I was, it it it's funny. You're right about the MacGuffin thing that I don't want to ruin the gag, but like even something that like you know the the what's in the briefcase at the center of the movie thing that like should be a throwaway gag. I guess it is a throwaway gag, but it's so over the top that it's like it renders it very funny to me and there's just so many layers to why that stuff works and is funny uh it's, it's hard to talk about this movie without spoiling it is what i'm learning right now um but what i would say i guess is that it's as funny like it's 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 not my instant favorite coen brothers something or anything like that it doesn't i, I feel like people are going to say it's minor uh, minor Cohen brothers, but I just disagree. Like, I think it is, it feels so of a piece with their catalog to me. The humor is right on par with jokes in Burn After Reading, jokes in Raising Arizona, jokes in Big Lebowski. The fucking wipe, tra- the wipe transitions and the psychedelic stuff is very Big Lebowski. There's so much Big Lebowski in this, including right in the fucking plot. Um, but the movie is decidedly like dirty, which I think is fun that it's just like, lesbian sex comedy that isn't afraid to have sex in it um and talk about sex in funny ways and gross ways uh i had an absolute blast with this movie and i think it will definitely divide audiences more so than like a coen brothers critically acclaimed movie would but i still think i don't know i'm like you know i'm like there's like two wolves wrestling inside me right now that wants to say it is it feels like lesser cohen and then the another part which says no it is right up there with their best comedies like where do you fall in that in that regard i guess i'm i'm i don't think it's definitely like top tier so even like their screwball comedies like raising arizona and oh god i'm blanking already but raising arizona is like the high bar i think for those um i don't think it matches that but you know what for me it's the cast it's a cast and how perfectly cast it is so you have quali and visanathan in it beanie feldstein has probably the biggest laugh at least for me, it was when yeah, those two goons show up at the apartment and they think, yes. oh, this is an easy thing. Like, no, it turns out not to be an easy thing. I love just the choreography and everything of that. Um, Coleman Domingo plays the heavy, like the boss, the sub boss, I guess, of this criminal organization that wants the briefcase. Uh, who you got Pedro Bill Pascal. Camp as Curly. <laughs> Bill Camp is fantastic. And Curly is such a great character who comes out of nowhere and has this I don't, I don't even want to say how he ends up having an existential crisis, basically, but he does it. That's where I'm going to leave it. Yeah. That, Curly, a the- side character named Curly, played by Bill Camp, HBO legend, gets uh, a terrific arc, is all we'll say about yeah, that. Yeah, that's all we'll say about it. Um, oh, the two goons, Joey Slotnick and CJ Wilson, who kind of mirror the main characters in a way, because they're both in cars, they're both driving somewhere, and they both have these conversations yeah. that are very Fargo-esque. It's yes. it's the um it's Steve Buscemi and um uh Stormare Sars no yeah. Peter Stormare thank you yeah. Peter Stormare conversations yeah. in in the car and they kind of have the same dynamic going on between them yeah it's just that's what I mean it definitely has the the Coen Brothers DNA in it so it it it, it would I feel silly saying it it feels lesser than because it's all there but I guess I don't know I was just so delighted to be take I just didn't expect it I didn't expect it to be have the same level of comedy that i enjoy in those upper tier ones like maybe the whole movie is sillier and doesn't come together in a way that those ones all do 
uh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know why I feel so weird about saying I really like this movie because I did. It's just, it's such a silly movie, right? Like it's kind it's of there... right now we're talking about, I mean, this is weird. This is kind of inside baseball, but we're talking about it before even any other reviews have dropped which is weird because yes. the embargo is going to be up in a couple days from after recording it. And so is that yes. it? Like, are we maybe like, we're kind of no like on our own here? Yes. We, I mean, we're out to see. We, yeah. The fact that we both agree, it's really funny. And I know at the press screening, there are a lot of people laughing. Oh it. yeah. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping people don't just like say, Oh, it's lesser Cohen. So give it like some kind of, not yeah, enough I've, of a pass but i'm definitely trying to just get ahead of people saying what i think they're going to say is you're you're right that is what's happening i do think people are going to say if they don't like it they're going to go yeah it just is like childish juvenile what like dick jokes over and over it's not that funny like and i think it's so much more than the the ribaldry that's on display like it but i don't know it's also hilarious for those reasons and i'm not going to say it's not the dialogue's great the antics are great um there's so many fun little side quests. The soccer team one is maybe my favorite. So funny. <laughs> the makeout party in the basement. <laughs> yeah, it's so oh, it's funny. So fun. And the, that sexual relationship between the two of them turns out to be really sweet in a way I wasn't expecting, yeah. considering how raunchy it is. But that that relationship resonated with me in a way I wasn't expecting because it's like, oh, yeah, these are actual characters, too, beneath all the jokes. And, and so when yeah. they go through that di- that arc, of what their relationship is and t- talking about it and questioning what it is and all that. I'm like, yeah, this, this works in terms of raunchy sex comedies. Like the, the, I feel like the Jennifer Lawrence thing tried to pull off emotional stuff and I didn't really care about it. This movie, I did care about it for the reasons you're talking about, because they have these characters that you spend all this time with and learn a lot about just through their actions. And, and it's, it's a Coen brothers script, man. It's a Coen brothers script through and through. <laughs> and, uh, I hope Coen fans enjoyed as much as we did. Uh, don't believe the naysayers that may or may not be out there. Yeah, if they exist. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure. We're trying to get ahead. Maybe of we're it. underrating it. Maybe who knows? Yeah, maybe. Uh, for now, it's the the strongest three I can give. I had such a good time and I'm like eager to watch it again. I think my, like my wife wants to see it and I, I don't know if we'll go, but I'll watch it as soon as it's available at home again. Yeah, really strong three stars for me, too. And I am also excited to watch it again. And I don't know. We'll see, because I do love putting on stuff like Raising Arizona every so often. And yeah, this could be one of those. I do find myself every time I watch a Coen Brothers movie, I genuinely or I generally then go watch a few more because it reminds me that they're my favorite. Like Inside Lewin Davis, I watch once a year at least. And their comedies, I feel the same way about. Burn After Reading also very underrated movie so funny um all right let's talk about stop motion from ifc films here's the trailer hey she emerges from her cave Hello. when do you think you finished this film of yours i don't know what's all that stuff it's called stop motion animation. What do you think? It's a bit boring. It's not finished. I mean, it's not boring. Make a new one. A new one? Yeah. A new better story. You want to hear it? There's a girl. She's scared. There's someone coming.
Who's coming? The man no one wants to meet. The Ashman. For a movie called Stop Motion, I think I expected way more. Is that where your initial disappointment begins, Mark? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) The stop motion stuff. It's kind of bland and generic as the stop motion stuff it is. It is the most imaginative part of this movie. Um, Yeah. And there's I, I like the creature design or whatever you want to call it. They're really weird and and unique and interesting looking. But the movie just doesn't have enough of an interesting story to tell through that through stop motion or through these characters that they've created. Like I'm actually very interested in the idea of someone who doesn't feel like 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 an artist with imposter syndrome kind of is what's going on with her. Like she doesn't believe that she has the talent to do this. Her mom's the artist. She's just the hands that help her make this stuff. She's not the brains behind it. And then this little girl enters her life when her mom exits. And now this little girl's the one who's telling her what to do. So she feels like she has no control over the art that she's making. And what does that mean? I wish it grappled with that more because I'm kind of projecting on to the movie I mean, the movie, it's not, the movie's about that. It's, uh, they, they say those things out loud, but it's not about it in the way that I wanted it to be about it. And it's more like just to throw in some jump scare horror movie type of thing. And it's just very unsatisfying, ultimately. Entirely unsatisfying because it's not about the mother-daughter relationship because you're right, that just ends out of the blue. Um and it's not about imposter it's also syndrome, like, ultimately, because of what the girl actually represents, which isn't much of a spoiler, I think. No, but, I think know. it's very obvious from the jump. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's, it, 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 to me, it just feels like this formulaic woman having a nervous breakdown horror movie where, you know, the lines of reality are blurry and what's real yep. and what's fantasy, Classic. what's in her mind. And you just plug in these routine things like creepy kid, like scenes of you know you know nightmarish things coming to life but did they actually come to life and then the only thing that sets it apart is the stop motion element to it and that's it it just feels so formulaic as a horror movie i could not get invested in those ideas of control and imposter syndrome and i don't think the movie really cares about them that much either no because then the movie just like again i think these are cool when they happen there's fun bursts of practical effect body horror but even those get repetitive it's just like uh what if a face was waxy what if a leg was waxy and then we just like dug into it like it it's it's gross and it's cool and i thought it was cool the first time but by like the third time and it just kind of piles on in the last 20 minutes or whatever it is i was like had i'd had enough of it and you're right um it just ends up being like a nothing movie because it it decides it needs to be this horror thing rather than a compelling character study or a compelling whatever story they're trying to tell about putting yourself into your art and what that means it like doesn't grapple with that enough even though they give it lip service you know what i mean like again they say that out loud probably like you know good artists put themselves in their work i think is a line in this movie and yet um i didn't see enough of this artist in this work and they also bring up that whole thing about the commercialization of art too. There's this whole other subplot where 
her boyfriend's sister is trying to get her to join this advertising company so that she can do some stop motion. Yeah, work her very, commercial. very commercial yeah. stop motion that her sister steals or whatever. Very believable yeah. stuff. Yeah, that kind of thing. And she goes in and she's just like making little eyeballs and all that. And it's like, okay, but what do you have to say about this? You're just telling us, yes, this art gets commercialized. It gets turned into a product instead of something else. But this ends up feeling like a generic product. I don't... It, it has these ideas and it has, I'm going to say a good Ashley Franciosi performance. I think she's a great, great actress, um, yes. but she's so underutilized here. Just being the woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown, going through those motions. And then the whole movie is just going through these motions. Yeah. I knew I recognized her. She's, she's, she's the nightingale. Yes. And Jennifer yep. Kent's the nightingale. Um, yeah. She's really great and stuff and she's not bad here, but the movie around her just kind of falls apart. Uh, so, you know, some bursts of practical effect horror, you got to give, I got to give a little props for that, but like, it wasn't enough to make up for like, this movie is very boring. It took a long time to get through one of those like 90 minute movies. that feels like it's just like can barely sustain itself to get there. Um, it's doing the same thing over and over again. What's fiction? What's reality? What is in her imagination? What is it's just over and over doing that. And I, I you know, the stop motion stuff is kind of creepy and neat, but the, the story at the heart of it is so simplistic because it can't go any further than it needs to be. It's just girl in the woods, creepy th guy stalking her, and that's it. And even that doesn't get expanded into something that sounds horrifying in any way. So it's it's just disappointing. Yeah, I'm two stars on it. I didn't like it. Oh, I'm lower. I'm one and a half. Love it. Love that for you. <laughs> Um, let's talk about cold meat. When I was a child, Here you go. my mother told me that humans are capable of the best and the worst. I do not she was wrong. Some are only capable of the worst. The natives have a legend about those people. I had to cut that one off early because this movie is built entirely upon twists and turns. It it seems to be a single location survival thriller, but I will say it is that, but it has a couple tricks up its sleeve and the less said about that the better. Although my I don't know how how we're going to talk about this, but like overall it's a tough episode today. A lot of stuff we can't talk about at all. We just have to recommend or not. Um, I would say this one maybe has one too many twists for its own good. I think the initial twist is good. And I was totally with it. And there's like a third act. Or like it's, it's actually threaded throughout. But it's revealed in the third act. And it, it's like a big moment that is... It happens. And you can interpret it, I think, many different ways, actually. And I think it's fine. But it's arguably like, okay... A hat on a hat on a hat here. You're doing too much. How many twists can you possibly have? But I appreciated this movie's dedication to making you think it's about one thing and then swerving and doing something different. And I really enjoyed that. And I ultimately enjoyed this movie. I did too. And it is very, very difficult to talk about. It was worse to write about because I, I, how do I say anything? It's, it's, it's one of those things like the it, the big the big first twist I think happens within the first act still, but I don't yeah. want to say it. I don't want to say it because no. it's no. so good. It's so good. And it changes everything that you've been thinking up until that point, which is like this guy yeah. on a road trip trying to get back home. 
stops at a diner. Diner has a waitress who's there. There's a big blizzard coming in and her abusive ex-husband shows up and you think it's going to be this game of cat and mouse and I get eventually a survival thriller. And it is exactly that, but not in the way you think it is. Exactly. And it is doing so much with so little and it all kind of works. And I was very surprised at how much it works because it is doing the survival stuff in a convincing way, which is really tough to do. Oh, it's one of those movies, one of those movies where I just like, like a 47 meters down, um, uh, uh, fall. I'm trying to think, I guess they're all survival thrillers, but they're movies where you as the viewer have to like put yourself in that situation and go, wow, I would fucking die. And I do not want to be in that situation. And this movie very much does that. It's like basically all takes place in a car during a blizzard. And it just seems like the most miserable thing. There are, there are complications uh i will say that make it even harder to endure so it's really effective as a survival thriller and it's also really effective as a like you know a twist a twisty machine whatever you want to call it like a a thrill ride in that way it's a psychological thriller too because you have all of that stuff going on inside the mind of a character too in a way and what is revealed about that character and the depiction of that character specifically. Yeah. Again, this is awful to talk about, but once you Very see what hard. we're talking about, you're going to be like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> yes. I get it. Um, but yeah, it threads it threads all of that together really well. And I will 100% agree with you. That last twist, one too many. One too many. And, and I know it is, I know it's set up throughout, like you said, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't it, need it. Is it the doesn't issue. need it at all. Everything like else whole... about it opening narration isn't needed either like no it's there's this whole tacked on thing that makes it a different type of movie that my only thinking is like it's a crude marketing thing where they're like we can sell it as more of a this kind of movie if we have this scene in it and it just doesn't need it and uh it doesn't ruin the movie for me but it just didn't need that and i would have i would have been a little more effusive if it just didn't do that maybe (laughs) Yeah, I think I would have been too. But man, it's really solid it's work. I I was shocked by this. I didn't I didn't know what to expect. Obviously, of course. Um, you know, you think it's going to be just a survival thriller, and it's a really good one at that. And then it just adds that layer, and you're starting to get an understanding of this character that you really don't want to get to understand. But it does a good job doing that too. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know if I've seen this filmmaker's other work. It's Sebastian Druin. And now I'm just live looking it up. And no, I don't think I've seen anything else that he's done. But this is, you know, might have to start looking for some stuff. because Yeah, it made really me interested too. It was a really good, like, out of nowhere, low budget movie that surprises you. And yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Solid three stars for cold meat. Yep. Three stars for me too. Love it. Um, This isn't the order we discussed, but I think it's thematically correct to go next it's another movie where people drive around in cars a lot um driving in cars with boys uh or bring him to me starring barry pepper and that weird guy who filmed a weird video on youtube where he pretended to be young robin williams because he kind of looks like robin williams uh he's the the co-lead in this and he's very annoying (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um here's the trailer for bring him to me I've been in this line of work over 40 years. Nobody has ever tried to steal from me and live long enough to spend a dime. You know, they're not just stealing from me, you know that, right? 
You're a dead man. Come on, let's go! Hello? All right. So there's some heavy hitter actors in this. Uh, tell me what Bring Him to Me is all about. It is a kind of single location thriller. Uh, two guys in a car driving towards a destination after a robbery went wrong. And Barry Pepper plays the driver. And this guy you don't how did like. You, I how did was... you... I was going to say, how did you piece that together? The movie doesn't really do it linearly. It's very confusing. I know. It's so <laughs> weird. But And uh, Jamie Costa is the passenger. For some reason, did like, I think he's fine here. I didn't see, I guess I didn't see the Robin Williams thing. So yeah, I don't it, just, it, was, it was very creepy in a way that maybe it wasn't intended to be. But like, it just seemed like he was like, are you going to cast me in a Robin Williams biopic or what? Like, look at me. Look at me. I, I look just like him. And you know what? He does. And it's, uh, maybe they should. But, uh, yeah. but uh, he didn't get on that. He didn't convince me here, but uh, that's not, it's not, he's not neither here nor there. I think you like this more than me, but tell me what no, I think is. I did. I think I did because you know what? I'm going to give it a lot of credit. It's, it is this very simplistic thriller. Um, it has one, one of, would say cheap, maybe. Yeah, you could say cheap. <laughs> I mean, it's a two guys in a car driving. Yeah, it looks cheaper in. than the last movie we watched, though, noticeably to me. For yeah, some this is true. This is I think true. it's because it's Love. doing it's doing Australia for US is why. It's, well, the other one was doing Canada for Colorado. So I mean, <laughs> but well, they I mean, nailed it. They, yeah, they did. They nailed it. They did nail it. Um, but okay, so they're driving. What I appreciate about it is that it, it does have all of the requisite chase sequences and the occasional fight and all that stuff. All the shooting, blah 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 blah. I didn't care about this stuff. I liked what's going on between the lines, which is that these two characters are driving towards potential doom pepper's character knows it the other guy doesn't and it's all about just trying to reconcile with that decision like of deciding like i'm going to drive this guy to his death and how do you actually deal with that when the person is right there in front of you and yeah he's got some issues but he's got a good heart and he's not a terrible guy and how do you confront that i think pepper's really good it's it's nice to see him back in a you know, a leading role. He's been doing stuff every so often. He's a really good actor. So it's nice to see him back. Um, Sam Neill is one of the, one of the crime lords here and he's good and intimidating. Um, I don't know. I think it mostly works just having these two characters talk and you get to kind of understand the passenger and you talk and sense, talk and talk, talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Yeah. But there's talk. nothing wrong with talking. <laughs> no. We're talking right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. it's not cinematic like the monolith. I know, I know, but <laughs> I what I'm saying is I appreciated the fact that it lets the tension and the drama happen in between the lines of what looks like a routine thriller. That's what I liked about it. I do have a big problem with it, and I think we'll get to it potentially when you start saying your issues with it. Um, what are my but issues? You clearly with have. Do I have? I don't issues? know. What are your issues? <laughs> um, well, I don't know if this is a negative, but I will say there is the most incredible Australian woman doing a Boston crime boss accent. It is the most incredible thing I've ever heard in my life. It is just incomprehensible. Well, I mean, you can hear her, but it's just the accent work is just nonsense. You can hear the Boston in it every few words, but then you just hear the Australian in it most of the time. It is it is a deranged ask. Uh, of this woman this poor woman rachel griffiths i believe um 
So that's mostly what I was. That's like my big takeaway from the movie is that that accent. was, yeah, that was really funny. Like that was a, it was a big buildup too. It was like there was a crime boss. They kept calling her what the lady. It's one of those movies where like the Robin Williams guy's character's name is the passenger, and I, I don't know if she has a name, but they keep calling her the lady or whatever. And yeah, the big reveal is the lady. It's not anyone you've ever seen before. It's just an Australian woman. But then she starts talking in a Boston accent. And I'm like, no, no, no. This was a good reveal. This was this was worth the buildup. Um, jokes aside, I don't remember much. I mean, it, I I know. Did you say what it's actually about in terms of you didn't actually spoil what the what what the imminent what, is. what the yeah. reason I said I said I said, you know, they they basically want to want to kill this kid. But you don't okay, know yeah. why. Sure. You don't know why yes. for a while. And you don't yes. know how the all of that. Works I will, out. Yeah, I guess I appreciated how far it goes in terms of delivering on its setup. Uh, I didn't expect it to go as hard, I suppose. Um, but yeah, for me, I just like picked out the things like there's like a weird CGI based car chase, which is like something I'm sure I've seen before, but it was so cheap here that I noticed it looking really bad. <laughs> um, and I think you called this out when we were talk- to talking about it earlier. Uh, kind of a hilarious ending where it's like setting up a sequel rather than having a bad ending, <laughs> which for this yeah. kind of movie is a strange call. But uh, God bless him. Barry Pepper's great. I love Barry Pepper. Great character actor, I would call him, I guess. Uh, and you rarely see him in the lead. So it's cool to see, but I just wish the movie were a little better. It's very cheap crime thriller that you've seen before. Just, I guess, like, I guess the specific plot I haven't seen before, but the dynamics at play are all very predictable. And like it, it just, and I guess besides one unpredictable element that happens, it is largely predictable in what happens in terms of Barry Pepper's character arc, I suppose. Like where you think he's going to go from point A to point B, like it just happened exactly the way you think, and his backstory is kind of exactly what you expect it to be. But you know, I wasn't super mad at this movie. I just didn't. It didn't get there for me. So I'm two and a half on Bring Him to Me. But Barry Pepper's good. Oh, fun to see Sam Neill. Uh, it just it, it didn't get there. Yeah, I okay, good. We're we're exactly on the same wavelength. But maybe I'm a, I'm feeling a little bit more uh, generous. Just yeah, saying I can knock that it down I think to it two, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I'm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm no, no, no. It's fine. I think it works pretty well, except for all of the the routine stuff. And I, but I cannot, I can't forgive it for not having an ending, and just doing that sequel baiting thing. Like, oh, I don't. Not everything needs to be John Wick. I, it doesn't. It, you don't need yeah. to do that. I think the and issue that's what it feels like it's doing. Yeah, and I think one of the issues for me is that you didn't mind that Robin Williams kid performance, and I just found him annoying. I mean, his character is supposed to be annoying up top. And I just was like, yeah, he's annoying. I do not enjoy spending time with him. <laughs> and I didn't. Okay. So therefore, I didn't care about the mission at hand, I suppose. I okay. just wasn't as into it as I sh- should have been. Uh, but yeah, two and a half. And that's where you are, too. I'm at two and a half, too. Yeah, I'm not, so I'm not recommending it. I'm not not recommending it. Yeah, All it was just totally stuff. like, OK, yeah. uh, yep. not terrible, but like definitely cheap. But I mean, if you want to laugh wait for that lady accent reveal i think it will be worth the wait it is very fun i think you need to practice that one <laughs> i think you need to practice that accent me oh yeah i gotta yeah. work on it. oh yeah well, she, she definitely she she needs to also but <laughs> i, I will work that on specific, it that specific intonation <laughs> yeah australia i can't even my brain can't even process trying to do boston by way of australia <laughs> it's so confusing to me i can't i can't do it 
park the car. I can't do it. I can't do it. Maybe that's, maybe that's what they sound like in Worcester. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Let's talk about another generic crime thriller that I can barely remember at this point. Um, Red Right Hand. Disclaimer. Nothing to do with the iconic Nick Cave song that graces every Scream movie soundtrack. All right. Here is the trailer for the Orlando Bloom starring Red Right Hand. Bottom right corner. Slow it all down, Savannah. See it. Say the word. You know what to do. God. God. Family. Family. Survival. Survival. They catch us one of us pay a little visit. the impression that you're in big cat's debt that you owe i took a loan on my place how much trouble are we in oh i'll handle it this is not the first dtv crime thriller that we've seen andy mcdowell in i don't remember what it was but i swear she was in something i will look it up mark tell me what uh this movie is all about it is backwoods crime thriller orlando bloom plays reformed criminal and drug addict who tries to go straight and then you know his brother-in-law ends up in debt to andy mcdowell's crime boss and oh oh no things are gonna go bad it's it's really routine and i think that's my big problem with it i i, I sound too dismissive i think bloom's work is good andy mcdowell is having a lot of fun yeah she is with the character i am convinced the screenwriter took a bet or something that he could get his main villain to say some variation of these hills and every scene that she's in. <laughs> he goes up all the time. Every scene she's in, she's like, I lost my son to these hills or the hills it's great. here are oh, giving. A lot of great southern draws in here, including yes. from Orlando Bloom, who's really putting one on. Yeah. But you know what? It's not it's not terrible. I it's no I, like I said, it's you know what? I I also liked that um McDowell's character is really cool. over, over, over the, the top, top, which is exactly what it needs to be. Yes. You need to feel the stakes of this. And that one scene where she has somebody in her grasp who's been trying to betray her or turn against her. That was that was a rough scene. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know if you felt the same way. I think I wrote down a quote from her. I've never seen knees shatter quite like that. That's what I imagine she sounds like. I don't really remember. Um, something like the, you need to uh, say these heels. <laughs> These hills, I've never seen knees shatter like that in these hills. She does, that is what she said. Um, yeah, she definitely elevates that stuff and the, the random acts of unexpectedly gnarly violence also make it a little more fun for me than the you know, uh, than the traditional crime thriller or something. But the dynamics at play here are just as uh, you know, cliche as they were in the last movie we talked about, and there's a lot of like you know one last jobby crime things going on right like i don't know it wasn't it wasn't very compelling and it felt like it was almost two hours long so i can't be that kind to it um 
are you are you are you two and a half on this as well? No, I'm I'm two on this one because it is mm. there is so much contrivance in terms of all of that stuff going on. And it is, you know, if 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 stop motion is the formulaic horror movie, all the elements plugged in, this is like the backwoods crime thriller is basically yes. one of those formulas now, too. We get them all the time. And like this out is of the like, furnace. You know, <laughs> it's like this was just got Orlando yeah. Bloom in it. Yeah. Oh, and a this preacher. Still... The preacher. Oh, yeah, the preacher. That's right. Uh the yeah, divine Gary vengeance preacher. The Bible stuff. Uh the red right hand reveal. Pretty funny. That like it's just like a literal oh, weird yeah. weird we detail that like it is. barely fucking matters at all. It's just like, by the way, this is what that means. Um yeah. very script writery screenwritery um yeah yeah it's we, not need great people to think of the song that's what it is yeah they definitely couldn't afford the song um no you know he just wants to live his nice life going to church raising horses on a barn that damn brother his took out a loan and they got to get that money and you know there's a there's a booby trapped drug den in here that is surprisingly gnarly as well remember that part when the yep. guys are trying to trying to break in, that was kind of cool. Um, that was cool. The shootout, like cool... The, the big climactic shootout at the end is pretty good. I, I mean, yeah, it has its moments, but um, I don't. I guess I liked it a little less than Bring Him to Me. I guess I'm right there with you. This is a two star action crime thriller, the backwoods in Neem's Hills edition. Yeah, I'm at two stars too. I I'm surprised you didn't notice that she said I, like every I, single scene. I I almost want to watch it again so I can just just so I can <laughs> luxuriate in her saying that every sentence. That's so good. She played a was it a similar drawl in Magic Mike or am I making that up? I feel like she was doing. Oh, an act. I think you might be right. I think yeah, or maybe I'm doing that drawl. Yeah, she is. She has a great role in Magic Mike XXL, yeah. I believe. Um, great film, Magical Michael Extra Extra Large. That is my recommendation of the week. Uh, <laughs> no, there's actually some good stuff this there's, week. So yeah, we've already extra, talked about some that's good an stuff. extra. That's an extra recommendation. Um, so, I think, did you figure out the one? No, was, she wasn't. She was no, mm-hmm. she wasn't in one. She was in no. shitty that cancer comedy that we watched. Yeah, that was her. not good at all. Yeah, I don't remember what else she was in. Maybe it's a TV show. And I'm not seeing it on here, but I don't know. Uh, two stars for Red Right Hand, but you know. If you're interested in seeing Orlando Bloom do a Southern accent and and Andy McDowell say, talk about the hills, you could do worse, but it's not great. It's also a long, I don't know. It's not very good. Two stars. Two stars. Not terrible. It is not terrible. There's, there are worse things. There are worse things. There are worse examples of this. I can't think of them off the top of my head. The backwoods crime thriller. There are definitely worse ones. And oh, more yeah. Boring, more Tons. boring ones. I'm this sure one has are. those bursts of gore that are really awful and some, uh, i do think that that final shootout is really well staged yeah um it's it got exciting. layers to it i wasn't expecting layers to you know something so generic with such a generic ending but it works and yet two oh, well. stars two stars two stars there we That's are where we ended up all right let's talk about golden years on fast Zo slaven. <laughs> dus terecht waar die misbruik komt. Ik geloof het wordt een serverroom. Alles goed, lieve pensioneri. Wow. Gruut fart. Ja. Hij super. Goedemorgen. 
Alles. Aber jetzt machen wir 50-50 im Haushalt. Ich könnte doch eine Putzfrau anstellen. <lacht> jetzt wollen wir mithelfen. Sag mal, Hans, komm doch mit, auf ich Kreuz fahren. Walk me through golden years, which I found to be very sweet and nice and funny and honest and refreshingly honest about yeah. growing old and how your wants and needs may change and how people may not maybe loathe to have that conversation and how that stifles people's lives. It's it, it made me it, it's very thoughtful, thought provoking. I would still call it kind of a comedy. I don't even know if it would call it a comedy, but maybe. I would. Yeah, I would definitely call it a comedy because I um well i mean there's an obvious reason it's a comedy but um yes there's but it also has like the sitcom setup which is you know empty nesters and he's the husband's retiring the wife is really excited because now they get to spend time together that they hadn't been able to spend together when he was working she wants to go on adventures turns out he just wants to be a homebody and sit around doing nothing and that's it and that's what he wants to do and so this kind of out of this idea that of going on a cruise all of this conflict kind of comes to a head. And also, the husband invites the fr a friend to come along on the cruise. Yeah, you're watching this guy, you're watching this wife be so happy to finally have time with her husband alone. And you're watching the husband do every fucking thing he can to avoid having that time with his wife. Whether yeah. he knows, I don't even know if he knows he's doing that, but that's what he's doing. And that's how she's perceiving it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, there's so many nice little subtle details in the jokes and in the characters and it all builds up to, I, I don't want to say what happens specifically, but like I said, that those, those clashes and those differences of opinion of what's important in life do yeah. come to a head and they have to confront them. Yes. They have to confront them on their own and they have to confront them as a couple. And it's still funny, but it's also honest about that kind of stuff. That's what I appreciated too, is that it doesn't have the Hollywood ending. It just is like, nope, this is how this would probably actually resolve. It's more honest. If they did an American remake of this, there's no way they would keep its its emotional honesty. They would have some sort of bullshit Hollywood ending that doesn't hit the same way that this movie hits. It was so emotionally resonant that like I walked away forgetting that it was a comedy because I was like, that was just like a good movie about never being too old for self-discovery and finding what you need in life and uh the fundamental differences between men and women and what people want at the end of you know in retirement and how that works out and putting an effort in a relationship like it's just a really it's a really thoughtful deeper than it looks comedy that you know i'm very young but it, you know it made me think about the golden years and what they'll be like and how different my wife and I will be and what our needs will be, you know, it's just, an, it, 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 it's exactly what it needs to be. I had a really good time with it. Yeah, I did too. And it stays funny. That's the most important thing. I think is yeah. that even though it is addressing some big topics about, I mean, he thinks he's going to die. He's terrified of dying because one of their yes. friends drops dead out of the blue. So he starts exercising and eating vegan and all this other stuff just out of nowhere. So it's dealing with these heavy topics like a marriage basically collapsing and imminent death or the fear of it. But it stays funny and light on its feet the entire time, which I think yes. is really impressive that it still is able to address all these characters and all these ideas and still be really funny. While and it's doing also it. very colorful and well shot. It like it kind of popped off the screen in terms of just like, wow, this 
they, it, the colors. It looks nice. The wallpapers, the, I don't know, you know, it, it looks nice to, to boot. That's always nice. It looks like a real movie. Um, yeah, I also appreciated the thread about like, you know, you never really know somebody. You think you know them your whole life and there's they have these secrets that you that are, you know, just kind of right on the surface that you missed. Um, really good stuff. Had a good time with it. Very funny, very sweet, very thought provoking. Uh, I really liked it. Three stars for Golden Years. Three stars for me, too. Moving right along. Our next film today is Ordinary Angels starring Hilary Swank uh it i guess it's a faith-based movie but it's not as egregiously faith-based uh as these movies can be but i guess the, the better thing to say is that it's from the same people that brought you i believe jesus revolution and a lot of other faith-based hits here is the trailer for ordinary angels my name is sharon and i'm now my name is sharon and i'm now alcoholic for this what in headache <laughs> My advice, find a reason to be here that's bigger than you are. I read about this family and paper. I think this is it. Dad, we have a situation. And we all look pretty for mommy. Well, maybe just a little off the cheeks. God is here with us right now. And we are here with you. Something about that little girl without a mom sick and the family's blood dry from all the hospital bills i think i'm supposed to help hi sharon yes ma'am. i just wanted to come by and give you this i just made dinner if you want to stay love to what are you doing mark tell me about ordinary angels a movie that i'm surprised i don't know i'm not surprised you liked it it's not as bad as i was expecting based on faith-based movie um i Tell me, tell me what it is. I'm not going to pre-say anything. Yeah, I'm going to say the marketing is a little bit off. It is going for that religious audience, um, but it's 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 more about people. It's about people. It's about people. Oh God, I'm going to quote something here. It's about people helping people and all that stuff. I yeah, I mean, it is based on a true story that um, this man it loses his wife, his daughter is very sick from a rare condition and she needs a liver transplant. Hillary Swank plays this woman, complete stranger who comes into their lives to help raise money um, to get that the surgery done. And that's it. It's just about these two people kind of coming together and butting heads because they're both so stubborn. These are not just regular, like saintly people. They, they have shortcomings. They have flaws. This for me, it hit, these two things, um, these two like um, just emotional reactions I get, which is about people doing the best they can with the circumstances they have and about people just helping out out of the kindness and goodness of their heart just to be basic, decent people. And so that got to me. And then realizing it's based on a true story, that helps too. So I I really like this. And I'm kind of, I'm, I was hoping, I was hoping it would hit you you're surprised that uh someone like me no heart couldn't get into this um no you 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 always bring up if you cry at a movie oh i do cry at movies but okay the issue i can explain that i think i think this movie's trying too hard to be a tearjerker that it just didn't hit no matter even though it is a true story it is such a movie version 
of a true story, the embellishments they do, the whole third act with the fucking helicopter. Like, I have a hard time believing that it happened exactly the way that this movie oh, depicts yeah. it. I, I bet if I look, exactly. I bet if I looked, yeah, I bet if I looked it up, that entire third act is manufactured, and that's fine. It's a movie, but like that explains why it just felt phony to me. It really goes hard in that third act to like go beyond based on a true story and just like how do we make this the most exciting crowd-pleasing uh thing possible and it just didn't really work for me and maybe mark it's because there's only one thing i could think the entire movie and it begins right when you meet hillary swank and you, you her accent her whole her whole deal this is an aaron brockovich situation where just like a woman that like looks a certain way and you think a certain thing of her kind of goes against the odds and helps people and the degree to which also the the inciting incident i guess like why does this stranger help these you know why does this woman decide to help these people even because they're complete strangers the way that happens i feel like the movie's not even fucking trying like she's just like sees them in the in a in a magazine while she's checking out groceries and goes i'm gonna devote my life to them now it is it's hard it's far-fetched and it's it's hard to take a true story and render it far-fetched. So I think that's I why wait, I have a problem. Why, with what movie. part of it is far-fetched? Just the coincidence of seeing the newspaper? Or... Well, no, I mean, I guess it's a news story. Sure, it would be yeah. in there. But, like, it's just, I, I don't know. The movie felt like it was it rushed right into it. And I felt like it just felt like they were relying on already existing archetypes of this character for me to, like, I was like, okay, she's a, she's this type of person. Got it. And... I know the movie is doing the thing where like it is commenting on that. She's giving them all her time and maybe neglecting the people in her own life or the people in her own life are neglecting her. It gets into her uh, alcoholism. It gets into yeah. her backstory. I just, it just, it's just sappy shit that you've seen before. Oh. It wasn't particularly compelling. <laughs> I appreciated that television's Jack Reacher is, mm -hmm. um, her husband, or not her husband? Sorry, no, not the husband. Is the is the yeah. is the father? The father, the widower. Yeah, it's just good. You know, they're both. I think Swank and Richardson, or Alan Richardson, is the the guy we're talking about. I think they're yeah. both really good here. They have yeah, it's better performances than you normally get in this type of thing. But you know, it's still ultimately a movie where the guy is having a crisis of faith, rightfully so, right? Wife dead, daughter dying. Why would this guy have any faith? And this movie is just propaganda, ultimately, to get you to have faith. And ultimately, I mean, the movie, the, la the last scene should have been him uh, lining up for Sunday service. But it's <laughs> they, not. The fact yeah. that it's not. It's not about <laughs> faith in some higher power. It's about faith in other people. Faith That's in community. It it's about accepting yes. help. It's about accepting help from other people. And it's about giving help. That's what it's really about. I think that whole stuff about religion is just there and it's it, the, the way that all of the, the scenes of church and everything are framed it is all about like like the preacher at the beginning says like we're here for you we love you and he doesn't accept yeah. that that's what it's more about i think than the religious angle and that's why i appreciate it more because it's not just talking about like see you have to pray yes. to get everything to work it is I, like you have to accept the help that is given to you and that's his problem yeah, that's true. That's, that's all saying. true. I think it's deeper. It has characters that actually feel like real people because they have these problems. Like I said, they're not just saints. They're not just, you know, just like pawns within this plot, which, yeah, you're right. The third act does become 
overtly ridiculous. Got to get to Omaha not. to get the liver. It's a uh, it's a race against time. It's yes, you got to get here in ninety minutes. There's a hurricane. It's very 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 silly. I get it. Yes, <laughs> but I was caught up in it because I was involved in the character. So you're like, get that damn helicopter. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I mean, the way it comes, I, I get it. I get getting caught up in it. It just didn't work for me. And there's also something about, you know, there's things that like, things like this being framed as uplifting stories when like, really, it's an indictment of our country's health system and capitalism and things like that. Like, it's hard for me to get happy about this story when it ultimately, like, it solves this one person's problem and did not solve a you know, a bigger problem. That's, that's not the movie's fault, but it's not, I'm just trying to give context for why movies like this don't work for me. Yeah. It's and not, I you think can argue, you could argue the fact that it is addressing that and it's tackling that means like, Hey, we're showing you that there is a big problem here. I guess still. so. It just by virtue of telling the story you're saying. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, Hey, I didn't hate this movie. I didn't yeah. think I'm not coming in here super hot thinking it was the worst thing ever, but it did, you know, as I say, movies make me cry all the time. And if a tearjerker like this is making me laugh in the third act instead of making me feel feel things, I think it's kind of failing. So that's my take on it. But it's a it's a, it's a two and a half for me. I'll, I'll I'll give it the two and a half, like better than expected. It will move. It will move the you know people who see this will be moved by it. There's you know certain people, and I accept that, and I'm fine with that, and I'm happy for them. And it just cranks up the unreality of the inspiring true story where I'm like, you don't have to oversell this. It's a nice story. Um, and I, I guess that's where I'm at with it. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Certain people, people who enjoy, you know, nicely, thoroughly drawn <laughs> nice characters things. involved yeah. in drama. Yes. They will become <laughs> emotionally attached to these characters and they will get an emotional reaction to it. Yes. You know, it's there true. are, there's one, she's charming. She's very charming. Yes. Um, as this character who's always wearing sequins. Uh, she has one line that I liked when she's trying to get his medical bills in order. And she's like, these are the pile of bills you have to pay now. These are the piles of bills you have to pay later. And these are the piles of bills that you just fucking ignore. And and he's like, doesn't understand it. And she says, you know, some bills are like wine. They get better with age. And I thought that was really charming and funny and yeah. nice. So like, yeah, it has moments uh, of charm. Uh, and I don't know, I guess it does gesture at this idea of being in like the unlucky path of like bad weather and stuff and how some people are affected more than others. Um, and I would have liked to see maybe more of a focus on that if since it's about community and stuff like that. But they do gesture at it. So I guess you're right. There is merit to this fucking Christian propaganda film or whatever. Uh that's the thing. Shouldn't we be scared that they're getting less overt, overtly Christian and more subtle? Shouldn't we be concerned? I don't know. Um, I think the fact that if yeah. you tell a good story, that's what matters. That that's that's cool. That's and nice. I think this tells a good story and it tells it well. So I'm giving it three stars. I will say in this case was it's a, not clear yet. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty clear. Uh, I, there, this was the Regal Mystery movie this week, which I think that's kind of a bold move to put like a this movie like i yeah i guess in their mind it's a crowd pleaser but to me i'm still like christian people are not gonna like it and if you look on letterbox there's plenty of annoyed people that had that were not happy to be seeing this uh anyway let's talk about the next movie which i believe is an oscar nominee it is called mark correct my pronunciation if i'm wrong eo capitano 
close enough for me. I'm not 100 <laughs> sure. That works. Yep. Uh, do you know what country this movie's from? It is primarily Italy, but also Belgium and France. It's a co-production so, of those three countries. It's an international soup of uh, yes. of, of a movie, but it, it's Italy's submission, is what you're saying for the uh, Academy Awards. Uh, yes. It is out in theaters this weekend. Io Capitano, here's a tra- trailer. Assalamu alaikum, Sunamami. You're in New Bubah. Now, then you are the Ben Voyage. You're in your people, Sako Sayan. This is one harrowing movie, Mark. This is a tough look at how migrants who just want better lives for themselves and their families are exploited and abused at every turn of their attempted journey to go wherever they want to go. In this case, from it's from Senegal to to Italy. Is that right? Yep. It's yeah, yep. it's like Senegal. It's like it's you know, it's depicting what is being de- called now what the European migrant crisis. The US has their own migrant crisis. Um, but it is a movie that I will say lays the inhumanity on thick but it also feels real and honest in a way that, you know, there was a movie we talked about last year, the Dardan film, was it Tori and Lokita or something that I really just couldn't get behind because it felt like such exploitative trauma porn to me. And this one is definitely teetering on that same line, but, and it's a tough line to walk when the subject matter is so upsetting on its face, but there's something to this one, Mark, that I think puts it above Tori and Lokita for me, where it has that magical realism stuff going on in it, where like the movie will, you know, break from itself to depict a reality that the kid involved is not really seeing, but like is fantasizing about to get through the hard times. And just that little detail added a lot for me in terms of like justifying why you're making this movie. That's like, you know, you're making this movie so you could give him give a person like you know a character like that that moment even though it's fantasy like it helped me justify it otherwise i'm like what victoria lokita and and other movies like this i'm just like why are we just it's just poverty porn like why am i just watching suffering 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 to what end and this movie i did you know it 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 threaded the the whatever threaded the needle enough where i i walked away moved instead of like I don't know. I walked away from Tori and Lokita feeling like I, you know, like those people were being exploited or something. But uh, what do you think about this? I have, I mean, if we're going with the specific one, I think Tori and Lokita for me is a stronger movie just because it does have more of a realistic angle to it. This one is realistic to a degree, but it also feels, I'm surprised that you didn't find it and not exploitative. I don't think it's exploitative, but that it is, 
trying to do the migrant experience. And so it puts yes. these, this kid yes. through like everything that's possible yes. through yes. torture, through, yes. you know, awful treks to the desert, through slavery, through all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and it feels like a lot of boat, boat captain, but yeah, a boat captain, but, but the fact that it is telling it in a way that is, you know, the focus is on this kid and about, you know, you, you bring up those dream sequences. So you have this inner life, like he, he has a woman die in his arms and he dreams of being able to go back and help her instead of that. And so, yeah, you do get the sense of just the, the, the kid. Um, and I think that helps ground it so it doesn't just feel like this series of awful things happening to him um which it very much is but yeah i agree is, that's it, why yeah, I, it, that's why it was more palatable for me or something is it, it yeah. I, I don't know yeah it feels it feels like a lot um and i yeah it's, it's hard to say like oh this is the authentic migrant experience even though it is based apparently on uh, stories from a lot of migrants who were in italy that the director um macaron talked to um so the, the screenplay is based on a lot of actual authentic experiences so and it feels that way too yeah. um but just having it all happen to this one kid does feel like a bit too much yeah it's um, definitely a movie version of yeah yeah, yeah. but right. as a movie version i think the important thing is that it does make us confront the fact that this is actually happening it may yeah. not just happen to one person but it is happening and that last shot, I'm not going to give away the, the specifics of it. I want to ask you about it. Yeah. It's, it is this long shot of the kid just looking essentially at us. It's not directly, it's not a fourth wall break, but it is saying like, this is, this is, this, this is a, this is a migrant who has come to Europe and looking at us and how are we going to react to that after seeing everything that he's been through? So it's making this very strong political point that, with the policies of European countries and to us, the United States of keeping people out and not yeah. accepting the basic humanity of people. We have to confront that. Like this is, this is what these people are going through. What they and, went through just to, for the, just to like step foot there. And then they're probably going to get booted because they're not allowed. Who knows? That's who knows? what it is. It's like, it's an open question. Like, and we have to also, answer. I have a question for you that I'm not sure if you've considered due to the magical realism parts and there's two of them that i can think of that are that are deliberate you can tell that that's what they're doing do you find parts of the third act right before the moment you're talking about i guess did you interpret it as reality or did you interpret what happens as another fantasy because i think it can go about either way and i think i, think that you could, I, didn't, I didn't consider it and i bring it up now that you bring it up, it's like it like weighs me down. I'm like, ooh, this is a tough movie. Uh, it reminded me of Monster, the Coretta film that yeah. had a similar profound ending. Um, so I think this movie is, um, you know, if anyone were to say it was my, you know, trauma porn, whatever, I would, you know, I'm sympathetic to that argument. But for the reasons I described, I think it transcends that and is a it 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 is an ultimately powerful film. Uh, and it, it did work for me. And it's a thought provoking, as you said, it wants you to look it right in the face and deal with the issue. And I think, uh, you know, if for like, if that's the stated goal of it, then it, it definitely achieves it. And it's a three star movie for me. I think it was good. 
yeah, three stars for me too. It definitely achieves exactly what it sets out to do. And it's a, yeah. you know, it's a potent experience. So, and on a side note, we have reviewed all five of the best. Is that right? Features. Yeah. So good for us. <laughs> do you have them listed right there? Uh, yeah. Zone of interest, perfect days, society of the snow, the teacher's lounge and EO Capitano. There you go. Check out the backlog of the Roger E. Ridden Me podcast. If you haven't heard any of those uh, reviews, the search function works great. You can find it. Um, let's talk about the last movie of the week, the invisible fight, which I want to say disappointing only from the perspective of the first two minutes and the expectations that they set. And then the rest of it, <laughs> I guess I was disappointed. Um, here's the invisible fight. Kung Fu! I'm not sure I've ever seen a movie, Mark, that was that shouted out so hard that it should have been 80 minutes. But instead, this movie is almost two hours long. And at that length, it really has trouble sustaining a very silly premise, despite how endearing I find it. It just it's hard for me to recommend this. I didn't ultimately like it. Uh, it opens with an iconic Black Sabbath song. It's got monks doing Kung Fu. They're floating down like Crouching Tiger style. It really is a strong opening. And the central premise of like, it's a first of all, it's an Estonian film. I'm not sure if I've ever seen an Estonian film before. Um, it's about a guy who's like training at a monk monastery but he's like a heavy metal guy and it seems like the training is more like Kung Fu style instead of monk training, but it's really about the inner, you know, learning uh, enlightenment or whatever it is. There's something, there's a lot of interesting ideas here, but they never really come together in any meaningful way. The Kung Fu stuff is not explored as much as I wanted it to be, but I have to say really savvy move to just pay your money for one black Sabbath song. And then just play it 15, 16, 17 times. Uh, it's a great song. And I think that's clearly what happened. But I don't know. I, I wish, is this movie saying anything? Like, is it about, you know, society not letting, like, what what current, what modern people value in society versus what society wants you to value? I don't know if I'm putting meaning on it. It just felt like it was kind of a fun riff of like, what if a Kung Fu movie was about a, guy in a monk monastery i don't know it sounds more fun on paper than it actually is i guess yeah the first two minutes are so much fun with those it's it's at the it's the sudden soviet union era 1970s so it's the border of the soviet union and china and three warriors from china infiltrate this base and do all these ridiculous moves like you said like just crouching tiger style floating down in the air. There's a moment where the guy dances on the barrel of a rifle, which is really great. Love that. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
that was a great bit reminded and, me of like Stephen chow stuff right like yes, Kung Fu hustle yeah. or something yeah yep. um but after after that it is just trying to figure out what to do i think it is yeah there's a part where he says like forgive my religious propaganda that's just my style yeah and this movie is a little bit religious propaganda it's yeah, it it's is. much more it's much more faith-based than ordinary <laughs> angels which i find very funny <laughs> yeah because it is like they're talking theology yeah they're they're, they're including theology into like orthodox christian theology into the idea of kung fu and how you're supposed to fight and how you're supposed to live and this whole thing of like the soviet union you know clamps down on everything that's cool and yeah. i guess that also means orthodox christianity <laughs> so it's it's a weird movie because i yeah. i'm also not sure what it's trying to say beyond this whole like you have to have some under inner understanding that inner understanding has to involve religion and it has to be fighting against the power and all this stuff. I'm just, yeah, I'm I don't know. Any, anyone can become a saint is also maybe an idea. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. But it's so, it's so much fun in those first two minutes. And then it's just kind of floating around, not doing much and taking all of this stuff about theology really seriously. Yeah. While doing the bits of like, you know, the, the snap zooms and all this other stuff that you expect. And it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't add up. It's like you, you, you're trying to be goofy and you're trying to be sincere. And it clashed with me so much that I couldn't figure out what it's trying to do, except just have some fun and also have serious conversations in the process. And it didn't, it didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of wished it was as fun as those first two minutes are. There's only flashes of that though. Yeah, I. It's funny that we both felt the same way because the first two minutes, I was like, "Will this be my new favorite movie? Is this the best thing I've ever seen?" It reminded me of Hundreds of Beavers and just like a like low budget but totally inspired thing you've never would have thought to watch kind of way. But again, that lasts two minutes, <laughs> and then there's like, uh, let's say a hundred ten more or something. There's a lot of lot more minutes. Uh, so it doesn't really work. It's definitely a two-star movie, and I think that's maybe generous, but it didn't. It doesn't work. Yeah, two stars for me too. And it, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's all that stuff about the woman too, like the yeah. woman that he is attracted to, and it brings up you know ideas of feminism yeah. and our subjugation to men. And I don't know if it actually comes up with an idea of what it's trying to say about that. I guess it's no. like, oh, either way's okay. <laughs> It's a, it's a weird like in in addition to just trying to find out what it's doing, it's also just kind of. But hey, I guess. yeah. But when he's Cowardly dodging centrist. in that opening couple minutes, when he's dodging bullets with nunchucks, you're like, this is yeah. cool. This is yeah. cool. This is cool stuff. Uh, yeah, doesn't 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 sustain that. But uh, no. you know, as a short film, if this were a short film, the first two minutes. It'd be getting a great review from both of us. Um, all right. That's the end of the episode. We did nine movies somehow this week. We'll be back next week with Dune Part 2. And I'm assuming some more stuff. But that's the that's the main event. Uh, please, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, reviews, reviews, reviews. Five stars only, I think, is what they say is allowed. I don't know how that works, but um, look into it. Um, Alien Ant Farm. Goodbye.
The show starts in one... Shut up. Ush. 